episode for you guys today you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a mr rogers opening you know? listen, <laughs> listen it, it, and that is a very 90s sitcom way to, to, to do that right right like you have back in the 90s in these sitcoms you have these explicit openings like these like you know well you we want you to know that you're watching family matters right. so we're going to set up maybe this you intro need like joke. a jingle or something to start the show like da 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 da, you know, like <laughs> break in bread. <laughs> break in bread. Can you can you hit that for me one more time? Yeah. Hit that for me one more time. But da 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 da. Welcome break to the Breaking Bread Podcast, good people. <laughs> <laughs> we are glad to have you, and we have the electric Alora with us today. So what what we going to do is I ain't even going to sit here and give you the story up front after we just got done talking about these intros, right? right. We're going to pass the mic to you. Lee and Derek here, bringing you the best, the brightest out here in the triangle. We're here with Laura, talented musician, songwriter, artist, producer, just just made of magic and fairy dust. So we're going to pass this to you. Tell the good people out there a little bit about yourself. All right. So um, it's funny because we've been talking all day already. So it's like I'm telling you guys, but you already know all about me at this point. But um, I am a singer, songwriter, um, musician from Chapel Hill. Uh, I went to Appalachian State and where I did my music degree in music business. So I really like being involved in many aspects of music. I like to produce my own music. Um, I like to be part of that creative side. I like to write all my own music um, and write chords. And I'm a music theory nerd. Um, But I also really like to be um, involved in like the community and like putting on events and booking shows. And that's kind of what my degree was in was music marketing. So Um, I really enjoy that aspect of it, too. And I teach voice lessons. Um, I, you know, people ask me, they're like, so what do you do outside of music? And I'm like, "Mm, that's all I do. (laughs) (laughs) I like just play music and I hang out with my pets. I love animals. (laughs) I have two cats and a dog. So that's kind of that's kind of all I do. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, one of the things that I was interested in was the music theory piece. Right. You know. I remember being in high school, I was in band and things like that, and I actively avoided music <laughs> theory class because I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. Yeah, I feel like that it's happens scary, a lot. right? What is yeah. music, music theory? Yeah. What is it's it? kind of like just like the science behind music okay. or like, you know, like in math, you have different equations. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, you know, just applying mm-hmm. it. I, I find that it's kind of, it's really similar to math, actually, just the way that we talk about things in numbers and stuff. Um, and I took AP music theory in high school and I did not understand it back then. I was like, I want to learn it, but like, I just did not get it. Like it did not click with me. And, um, you know, I took the exam, I got a three on the exam, so I, I passed it, but not, but you know, and I think if I took it now, I'd probably do a lot better on it. Um, mm-hmm. just because when I got to college, I, um, took, what was called contemporary musicianship. They didn't have us take like music theory classes um, as intensely for the program that I was in. Um, It was more geared towards our major, which was music business. So they wanted us to obviously know music theory, but we didn't have to deep dive necessarily. I kind of ended up doing that by myself because I just, I just really interested in it. Um, Just knowing how everything works together and the reason why sounds like click in our brains mm-hmm. more than others um and just like learning about like the actual science behind it like you know what are the sound waves doing why are these these sound waves 
together? Why why do these work for us? Um, and I could go into it. I could go on a tangent. Me and all my band mates are all huge music theory nerds, so we were always nerding out about that stuff. Um, and I'm like, have you guys heard of this thing called a wolf fifth? And they're like, what? What is that? And then what is a wolf fifth? Honestly, I don't know. It's like it's like a weird tuning. Basically, there's like um, okay. So let me try to explain this. So um, on a piano, right? Mm-hmm. It, we have something called um, equal temperament. So like mm-hmm. when you hit uh, the note C down here, sounds similar to a C up here. It's mm-hmm. not like you know. Obviously, there one is a lot higher than the other, but they're both C, right? Um, and there's other kinds of tunings that are technically more consonant. Like they sound more like harmonious to our brains because. Um, for example, uh, like a fifth, like, okay, so if you have do, re, mi, fa, sol, do, sol, if you have those two notes together, right, um, they're five notes apart. If you have it, um, so, okay, so a fifth is, I think, a three against two ratio, so that one sound wave's going like three and one sound wave's going at two, right? Um, when you have something that's equal tempered, it's actually not a perfect like five notes apart one like your your top note's going to be slightly flat or sharp i don't know exactly the numbers uh-huh. for it but in order to get that exact ratio and not something like slightly different from it you would actually tune that like f- a little bit flat and that's technically the most like harmonious version to our brain because of those sound waves being like those even numbers you know what i'm saying so like um you know the most uh, okay, for example, like an octave, if you have like C here and C here, this sound wave is moving twice as fast as this sound wave. And that's uh-huh. why those sounds uh, work so well together um, uh-huh. and our brains can understand them. But when you have two notes that are right next to each other, it's like it's like 15 against 16. So they're moving really close together. Uh-huh. And that's why they you kind of hear like a vibration in the air when you hear two notes against each other. Oh, that's um, But anyway, I could get into a lot of stuff about music that theory. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. It, it, it took me back. I, I can hear Mr. Richardson right now. No, that just made me feel, realize I would have failed that class too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like I, I try to explain it to my students because I want them to, especially as singers, I think singers don't always feel like um, they need to know theory or maybe they a lot of people just feel intimidated by music theory because it is kind of hard to understand until you like until it clicks and then everything kind of makes sense. Um, but I want my singers to know music theory so that they're able to communicate with other people, other musicians, um, you know, if they're in a band or if they're leading a choir, whatever it might be, whatever situation they're in. I want I want to make sure that they are like well-rounded and versatile and they're able to do everything they want to do, you know. That's really fly. That's really fly. And for those good people out there who are maybe interested in lessons and things like that, how can they find you in the social media space? Yeah. So um, if you look up my name, Alora Dash on Google, you'll find me. Uh, it's spelled E-L-O-R-A. I'm sure it'll be in the title of this podcast episode. So if you Google <laughs> that, you'll find me. You know, my email, my phone number, all that stuff is out there. Um, I have a website um, and you can reach out to me there. I teach lessons in Carborough, North Carolina and also in Cary. That's really cool. So do you have like a preferred instrument to teach? Like, for example, you prefer piano, violin, like like what's in uh-huh. your repertoire? Yeah, I um, I also play uh, piano. I grew up playing piano, um, keyboard and stuff. Um, I would say my primary instrument is vocals. That's like the mm-hmm. thing I feel like I'm the most proficient at. Um, and I'm okay on the keys. You know, I know enough about it to teach someone like the basics. Once it gets to more that like intermediate stuff, I'd like to pass that person on to someone who knows more than me, you know, <laughs> right, but it right. is a really nice visual for like all the stuff that I'm talking about. Like 
when I'm thinking about the distance between two notes or something. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if I'm messing something up in a song, I'll ask somebody, hey, what what are the two notes right there? Just so I can figure out where in the scale they are. So I can be like, okay, so this is the reason why I'm jumping up here. It's a bigger jump than I'm thinking it is. Now that I know that, I can get that note a little bit more in tune. Gotcha. So just having that visual of the piano and knowing about piano is very helpful for that kind of thing. So being being that deep into music, as far as like music theory and everything, does that slow down your process of making music because you're so deep in the weeds more? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing too. I think there's some of us that get so wrapped up in the music theory stuff that we kind of maybe let go of some of the creativity. And sometimes you need to just turn off your brain. And this happens in my lessons a lot where, you know, I'll be telling my student, okay, think about this, 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 this. And they're trying to do that. But then I, I can see that there's some, they're like really concentrating. I'm like, okay, just close your eyes, turn off your brain, only use your ears, only like really channel to just this sense, you know? And then they get it right because it, it will come naturally. Most human beings can sing a tune and like no rhythm and stuff. It's like ingrained into our bodies. And so sometimes you do have to just turn off your brain and just let the creativity come and not think too much about, um, you know, the theory behind it. I enjoy knowing it because it kind of just makes it um, like quicker for me to like think of, OK, what chords would work next to this one that I'm on? Um, but you know, there's no rules. There's no right, like right or wrong answer. You can do whatever you want. You know, I think some people are like music theory purists and they, they believe there are rules, (laughs) um, especially like the classical, like, you know, the people that taught it to us and some of the people that taught it to us in school, um, they're like, oh no, this is like the only way that it's not possible for it to be this way. But there's so many genres and so many like types of music around the whole world and, everybody has a different way of sort of communicating. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people on the other side of the world aren't necessarily thinking and and like um, communicating about music in the same way. It's all mm-hmm. kind of the same ideas, but said different ways, right? Because um, music is kind of universal in that way, mm-hmm. but um, you don't want to get too caught up in, in, you know, the math, right? Yeah, you want to be right. able to just like, you know, let the answer come to you. Yeah, it's art, not math. Right, right exactly. It's funny you say that because I think music is one of those spaces where, you know, it goes by generations and decades and stuff like that. And then it's always the which generation is better than this one or y'all don't do mm-hmm. it like we used to do. And it's like, yeah. it's about creativity, like you said. And, you know, you can get deep into the weeds sometimes. Not even the weeds, but just like you said, the, the quote unquote purists. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you forget that it's still an art form, form yeah. too. Right. And they're like, you know, maybe it's, it's something different than you're used to, but it's just their expression. Right. You know, and just because it sounds weird or funky to do, doesn't mean they won't take it seriously. Yeah, you right. Know, so. And sometimes it's about instrumentation, too. It's yeah. like you might have a set of chords that need a different instrument to sound right, you know. And maybe mm-hmm. if you're playing it on a guitar and the rhythm is different than you might play it on a piano. And, you know, just changing an instrument or adding an instrument or taking something away can make such a big difference, too. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, good people, we are here with at Alora Dash. That's where we can find you yes, on IG. Alora Alora dot wave on Alora IG. dot wave on yes, IG. Like the file type. Like, like the file. Like, <laughs> like Listen, oh, you just unlocked a memory for me. <laughs> dot wave. Man, not so dot MP3. Wave. Wave. wave file. We're wave on the high quality. High quality you know? stuff. <laughs> I, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, back when you had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to get to the data center. Um, I remember that because when I was making beats a long, long time ago, yeah. I distinctly remember everything has to be output in wave. We, mm-hmm. don't, we don't everything because it's just a larger file type. It's better quality, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so when you say that, I was like, "Wow, memory unlocked." I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at my collegiate 
<laughs> dwelling as we speak. That little Lenovo laptop, that little <laughs> desk I got from Walmart. Man, that's Maybe awesome. Maybe you got to get back to the beats. Man, <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I, I miss it. This is one of the things that I really enjoyed doing. I don't think you ever told that story on, on the pod about who you met. Oh, Who man. You? you need to tell, tell yeah, us. Oh, yeah. man. Once again, once upon a time, a long time ago. <laughs> um, so back when we were at A&T, uh, you know, we dibbled, dibbled and dabbled in some music, did some production. And uh, one of my really good friends, shout out shout out to homie Chris. Chris, what up, bro? I see you. Um, he also did our, our logo. Shout out to Super Chris. talented man. Mm-hmm. Just just insanely talented guys. Myself, himself, and my homeboy Brandon. We were just all getting together. Decided we are going to try this music thing. And uh, it started because my cousin had a version of Fruity Loops on her laptop. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm bored. I started playing with it. And then over time, once I really started to learn it and understand it, then uh, between that and Cool Edit Pro, so we were out here sampling illegally, like everybody does. We right. I mean, listen, we're in college, man. We're not clearing no samples. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just not happening. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we stay it's away going from- going on SoundCloud, you know. It's yeah, going right, to be okay. Right. You know what I mean? Listen, we out here standing out front of the Target, handing out CDs is going to be fun. So, awesome. um, and and it was funny because, you know, we did it for a little while and we were actually good at it. When I look back at it now, my friends and I joke, like, the beats we were making 25 years ago, we were just ahead of our time. It's stuff that you're hearing today. Mm-hmm. Literally, one of my other friends sent me a post to this guy. because uh, So we all kind of had our own thing. So uh, Chris, and, and again, if he, man, I'm convinced, if he wanted to, he could produce for a major label tomorrow. That dude has some gold on that hard job. He won't let it go. But, you know, <laughs> hey, he's an artist. That's his, that's his prerogative, right? right? But the man is uber talented. He was deep in the soul samples. Could nobody deal with him on the soul samples. I'm telling mm-hmm. you. He was like that. You know, I was into just whatever. Like, our joke was we'll sample anything. Man, we made beats from Sonic the Hedgehog samples. Yeah, we awesome. Street Fighter samples. <laughs> stuff that we would hear. Like, anything. That, if we liked it, it was getting loaded in the cool edit. Yeah. So we had, we had a little momentum. And uh, we actually opened up for Currency. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was it was nuts. One day we got the call. Chris was plugged in with um with Next Level, the group out there in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. So they were like, yeah, you know, we want you to open up a currency. We did that. And it was like, wow. You know, at the time, just a bunch of broke college students, you know, we didn't realize the gravity of it. We didn't realize how big of a cosign that was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once we graduated college, we all went our separate ways because we were hungry and poor. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I got off into corporate America and everybody kind of did their own thing. I mean, we still hang out to, together to this day. But um, like you said, Alora, I I got the itch one day. I was like, you know, I'm gonna try this again. Pulled out the Mac, yeah. Found a version of Fruity Loops and realized if you don't use it, you lose it. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. But I was getting frustrated because I couldn't execute it with the speed that I used to be yeah. able to do it. So it's something that I think I'll pick up one day. Maybe a hobby I'll pick up with my girls, my yeah. my, my two children, and yeah, it'll be them. awesome to teach it to them. Yeah, it's really hard to learn, like the the dolls and stuff. Yes, maybe. like and we what I, we had it down to a science. We were it was a lot of collaboration, knowledge mm-hmm. share. Somebody would figure out things, and we were in there. We were not only making the beats, we were mixing them in for we were doing stuff back then that people are doing today. We were mixing them down in there. We were, uh, I mean, we were doing all kinds of stuff. We were phasing. We were edging. We were we were doing. No, all but kinds you ain't tell her the story about the producer. The producer? Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? The one you told me about. That you and Shabir worked with. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, that one. That story. That's the story I was talking about. Oh, my bad. That one. Yeah, and that you is let crazy. You tell that whole story. That like, is that's crazy. not even what I was talking about. <laughs> Man, shout out to my guy, Derek. He's so patient. He's just like, yeah, baby. Yeah, bless his heart. Yeah, he's going to get there. Just keep on going. I'm over here like, all right. He's like, yeah, just keep on going. It was still a good story, though. Right. Oh, thank you. So this was even better. So... Another one at home, again, at the height of all of this, um, 
making beats or whatever. And so uh, my homeboy Shabir did some music back in the day. And um, so he threw a party to, to for his album release. He dropped the album. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, this dude from St. Louis. I think he said St. Louis. Like, this dude from St. Louis hit me up. You know, he saw, he saw what I like. This, I was like, what's his name? He's like, oh, it's the dude named Metro. <laughs> I was like, okay. Ain't think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So we go to the party. Met Metro. He was cool. And he was like, he that man looked me in my face and said, yo, because, er, I mean, everything on the album was hot. We all worked on it together. It's not like we were collaborating. We just kind of turned our stuff in. He was like, yo, man, like, I like what you did. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a huge conversation. It was just in past. Like, yo, yo, your, your beats are fly. You did this, you did this. And we we're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. A few weeks later, I see online. It was like, oh, yeah, Metro is going to, I can't remember the label. He's going to this label. And the Metro I'm talking about is Metro Boomin. Drake's Dang. producer, like, mm-hmm. Future's producer, like, like the Metro, Metro. Boomin. Dang. And that dude was so kind. He was so That's nice. so important. He was so nice. Like, it, like you know, at the time, of course, he he wasn't the super super duper producer. He's not. I'm a huge fan of Metro Boom. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like I I anybody who knows me knows Southern hip hop. That's yeah, that's, sure. that's kind of that's very near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just so interesting. And I look back, and I guess this is a story. Good people, young people, people out there following your dreams. The only difference is he kept going. Like that man looked me in my face and was like, "That's hot." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Cool." Fast forward twenty years later. Yeah. He probably in a G5 right now. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, if, if you got the talent, you got the drive, you got the dedication. And the second thing here is just kindness. You know, I mean, he was, I can't, I cannot say this enough. And then I saw somebody posted something on IG. Um, I can't remember what the post was. I think it was him talking about like collaborating the connections or something like that. I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak on the man, mm-hmm. but it was something in a positive manner. And I went in the comments myself and I never do this. And I was like, no, I'm trying to tell y'all. I met this dude. Mm-hmm. I stood in a room with him. This dude was cool. Like it wasn't no, Ego involved, nothing like that. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool, man. Like, that's dope. So, uh, so what, what's the moral of the story? Maybe you need to go buy a copy for you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but it ain't about me right now. It's about a lower wave. Listen, so you know, concerts, shows, all that good fun stuff. We we're gonna pivot back to that in a moment because we want to get to this first segment of the show. So the first segment of the show is I cannot be convinced. Basically, we're just gonna take a position on something, a little lighthearted banner. And I got something for uh, our folks out here on the 440s and 540s of the world in Central North Carolina. I cannot be convinced that these folks out here can't drive. You hear me? You think traffic, you think D.C., New York, Baltimore, things like that, mm-hmm. right? The traffic here is not only is it thick, but everybody's speeding. Everybody. I'm talking about you're driving on 540 and speed limit 70. I'm already doing 85, so... <laughs> I'm already in violation. Right. See, I drive like a grandma. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the minivan going like. Do you get tailgating and stuff a lot? I oh, people do not like when a minivan passes them. Let me tell you, especially when it's a they big don't. truck. That's very true. They like do not I, like I a go minivan. to pass. They're going, you know, they're going 65. Maybe I'm going 70. So I go, I get in the left lane to pass them, and it's a truck, and they just speed up, and I'm just like, listen, it's. <laughs> I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, okay? I'm just going faster than you. That's all. That is a true story of fan pass. She's like, hold on now. Wait, let me. I'm like, hold on. And that is so funny. Like, people out here, they just be tailgating. They be flying. And I mean, listen, whatever floats your boat. You know, I'm not sitting here telling people to slow down. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. Please, please slow down. Well, Laura said I need to slow I'm down. I'm scared. She'll sing you a jingle if you'd like. Um, Can you please slow down? You know, <laughs> you're so good at that. You are so gifted. That was just so easy. Listen, just off the cuff. Right. We love it. Well, I'm going to see if we can get two more of those for the episode. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I cannot get convinced, man. These folks out here in Central North Carolina, 
Guys, man, listen, y'all can't drive y'all tailgate. You don't let people in. You don't care nothing about a turn signal. You see somebody with a turn signal on, you're trying to close gaps. We all going to get there, play a partner. We going to get there. We going to get there. What's the rush? We going to get there. <laughs> we going to get there. Listen, if you weren't taking so long getting that Captain Crush this morning, you wouldn't be late. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hey, man, so- sometimes everybody ain't left lane material, though. Hey, listen. I'm just saying, everybody's not left lane material. Everybody's not I'm left I'm a lane middle, I'm a middle lane girl. See, I'm, a, I'm, I'm lucky lefty all day. I'm on that left lane. Right, right. I, I do believe in, in, in I, I do believe in the left lane, but I'm telling you, man, everybody's not left lane material. That is a bar. It's like, stay out of the left lane if you're not going to. Right. Because the left lane is for crime. <laughs> <laughs> the left lane is for crime. That's hilarious. Very true. Go ahead. Put on the t-shirt. The left lane. The left lane is for crime. It's for crime. <laughs> Left lanes for crime, you know. There's another we got jingle. More coming. Got more. Got more. I'll take the royalty check. <laughs> yep, just make sure you're in the left lane when we get here. <laughs> oh man, I think okay. Shoot, do you want to go? Can you? Can be convinced. Do you have one? Yeah, actually, I was thinking about this because I remember you mentioning that, uh-huh. and it actually relates to what we were talking about earlier. Um, I cannot be convinced that the the music industry has to be cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it has to be like that. I think a lot of people think like, oh, like if you're in music, everyone's like competing with each other. And like, maybe there are people like that. You know, there's musicians who think they're better than others or, you know, they they hear somebody play and they're judging them, whatever. Like, and I get it. Sometimes that's very automatic, but I don't think it has to be like that. Like, I think it's really important to have kindness, like you said, Mm -hmm. and it will take you a long way. Like, I find the people in the industry that I've met, um, you know, the Number one thing when you're like, what's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who's trying to get into the industry, whether that's the business side or the like music side, they're like, be a good hang, you know, and that means be nice to everybody. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't 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 be weird. Don't be like, you know, mean to people like treat everyone with kindness. And those are the people I think that go the furthest because. I just do my best to be friends with everybody. It's like I was telling y'all earlier. Once we're mutuals on Instagram, we're best friends. <laughs> Besties forever. Just, yeah. Daggone it. Just be reasonable. Yes. Right. I, think, I agree with that. Like, I think it goes in just life. Like, be, be a decent person carries you a long way. You don't have mm-hmm. to cut throat. You don't have to, you know, go behind somebody back. You don't have to compete. Yeah. There's enough room have for to all compete. of us. And even if you do have to share some bad news with somebody, you can just be transparent about it. It's not mm-hmm. a bad Honesty. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do it. Shoot. The industry, I work in nine to five. We got to do something like, hey, we, yes, sir. We got to make a call sometimes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know? There's a kind way to do it. It's a kind way to do it. Yeah. Way to yeah. do it. It's okay. Like, I just think people... They they maybe assume the worst and then avoid it. It makes it worse to even have those conversations or like you said, cutthroat. If you focus on your your craft and artistry, the people you're supposed to attract is going to attract you. It's the same it's way like when we're doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. we're not chasing people. We're not chasing people because of oh they got twenty thousand followers. We got to have them on the show. Oh this mm-hmm. person got eighty thousand followers. This person do it's like yo. Do you align with what we're doing in this podcast? Mm-hmm. It's about Do we the think vibes. you're dope? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's about exactly. the vibes. Mm-hmm. And that's what me and Lee are always about. It's not about who you, like, your, I guess your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Clout. Thank you. I yep. cannot think of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not about your clout. It's about are you, you do you align with what we're doing? Are you aligning with what the story we're trying to tell about what's going on? Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. If you fly, we're going to find you. Yeah. yeah. And that's, exactly. that's, really, that's really the point. The if, opportunities will come to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're out there and you're fly, we want to talk to you. For because, sure. you know, that's really what this is about to give mm-hmm. that voice to people. And it's also cool to just meet fly people. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the best job in the world. I yeah. get to sit in a room with great mood lighting. 
and make jokes with fly people <laughs> right. all day. The, all vibe, day. the vibes are here. For right. Sure. <laughs> right. The, the vibes are here. So, you know, I, I, I totally agree with y'all, man. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I can, man, you know, I'll be having like 10 in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> going through the database. <laughs> going through, right. Going through the database. You probably like, think of a few every time you do one of these oh, episodes, for sure, right? right? For sure. For you sure. Sometimes then this one just hits you right then. You'd be like, you know what I got something to say about. <laughs> and so here's my other day because we talked about this. I cannot be convinced that mosquitoes belong on this earth. There's no mean. <laughs> Me either. I'm with you. You know, I know they say everything in this ecosystem has a place and a purpose. Or, you know, if they get taken away, it's going to disrupt the ecosystem of this world. Somebody tell me what, what mosquitoes do. I think that we'd be okay with that. Well, I'm pretty sure yeah. we'd be okay with that. I think, you know, there are other All bugs. they do is cause <laughs> death. By tra- they illegally transfer people's blood. Illegal. Right, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That is true. They're yeah. in the left mosquitoes. Uh, I want my royalties. Right, right. right. They, They're in the left lane for crime right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Just what men do. It's like, you try to have a cookout. It's nice, especially on a cool, probably mm-hmm. 80, 70 something now you outside. Mm-hmm. And then also you got to be like, pow. Like, damn. Oh my God. And now you scratch it for the next two days. I will be outside for like 10 minutes and have like 10 mosquito bites. Like, yeah. Oh, they try to kidnap you. <laughs> Literally, they're trying to drain me completely. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they hand you a ransom. Oh Laura, get in the van. Oh get in the van. Get in the van. You can get in the van and we can all bite you at the same time and pick you up and carry you off. So it's like about to happen. Yeah, like it's terrible. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They trash. Like, what do you do for this world outside of eat, you know, take everybody's blood? You, you, you give some people diseases because you ain't clean. You know, it's right. just like, I guess the spiders away. eat them, but the spiders got other bugs it's to eat. Say they got plenty of food, right? Exactly. Yeah, we we would be okay. I know it's all God's creatures or whatever, but I think we'd we'd be okay. Where do they go during the winter time? Are they like I don't know where they yeah, hide. Do they hide? Do they hide? Do they have a the, nest? Like I'm, I really like, you where, do, seen where, where, where the, they go? Where do the cicadas go? Do they go where they where they go? That's a great question. Don't they go in like who knows? Do they migrate? Like that's a great question. the lifespan? Is is it just like can they just stay there? Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying because they disappear in the winter. Yeah, maybe it's the lifespan thing, but it's like, yeah, but you're right. They don't go extinct. They got to go somewhere. Got like, to go somewhere. That's that is so interesting. We, guys Somebody need to bring like a scientist on the podcast to answer that question. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, science, <laughs> science <laughs> show. We got snacks um, for for fans of the show. That is a running this joke, a running joke. <laughs> throughout all of our episodes. We should start an Easter egg hunt. Like right. we, should, we should do something like that. Like, hey, give me like the top five of these moments, right. and then we'll give you a T-shirt or something. We'll we got, come up with something. We got fun snacks. For that. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. So yeah. basically, somebody will say something and. And it'll be a, a good and I always interject and I like point in the camera and I'm like insert name here so that's my invite to the show I've invited right. like J. Cole like Beyonce, I, Beyonce <laughs> like I'm just talking to people hey someone something but I always end it with we got snacks so you know convincing it, yeah exactly it is, it is convincing and it's gonna work one day right one of these days I'm waiting for the DM to be like hey I saw your your impassioned plea to come to the Breaking Bread yeah. podcast <laughs> And then I could say, hey, look, we got Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce's going to be like, you all free Saturday? <laughs> yeah, 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 Beyonce. I'm sure we can work that out. Like, I don't, I, I'm <laughs> free at midnight on a Monday if need be man, for Beyonce. Man, every time you, you want, man. Right, ma'am, I, I will be there. You understand me? <laughs> what you need us at? On Mars, we there. And I'll be on <laughs> 40 <laughs> in the left lane. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Officer, I know it looks bad. Right. But Beyonce. Beyonce <laughs> Sir, I know it's going to sound crazy, okay? But I'm a co-owner of this podcast, right? <laughs> and Beyonce hit us up and told us that if we can get to the studio in like an hour, that she would give us 30 minutes of her time. Right. Yes, I know I was doing 110 on 540, but so was that Prius over there. Can you just let me get... You want to come? He's like... You want to like, come, Mr. Officer? We got snacks. He's like, sir, I need you to step out of the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, just follow me there. Just follow me just there. Bro, 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 just, just believe drive me there. Yeah. Yeah. Drive, I drive, promise you, you're going to trip out what you see. I'm telling you. I'm <laughs> telling you. And, and then we break you, you can have snacks, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> snacks for you, too. And then we break him in. And then at the end of the episode, the police officer's like, yo, he wasn't lying. <laughs> it was really Beyonce. <laughs> Usually they're lying, but this time he wasn't. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hilarious. We are here with the multi-talented Alora. Dash, listen. So, talk about some of your shows and performances. So, tell us about like venues. what's it like, the venues. Where do you like to perform mm-hmm. when you're staying? You know, we go to shows all the time, and we see these artists up there doing their thing. What's it like to look out amongst the masses? And one of the things that I've always wondered about, I think this is true, but y'all can see the first few rows of people. You can see faces, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's that like knowing? Wow, all these people came for for me to display this talent. It's it's weird in some ways because sometimes I struggle with being perceived like period. You know, I'm, I'm like, wow, people listen to my music or people like come to my show and think I'm cool. Like, I don't know. I think I'm a, I think I'm a fucking nerd. Am I allowed to say the bad words? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but it's my favorite place in the world to be. I love to be on stage. I've been performing since I was four years old and. My mom used to choreograph like Bollywood dances um, in the oh, community. Cool. We get all the you know a bunch of little girls together, and we'd do um, performances twice a year. So I've I've danced and sang and performed my whole life, and I've never felt afraid on stage, and I've never felt stage fright. Like I've felt nervous a little bit before some shows, but once I'm up there, it's like I don't know if it's the adrenaline or what, but. It's like it's like the best drug there is for me. Like <laughs> to be on stage, that feeling is I think that's why that's kind of like what decided it for me that I wanted to like pursue it because it's mm. it's the only thing like as as far as like jobs go that I never am like, oh, I can't I don't want to do this. You know, it's like I always am excited to do it and I always feel amazing when I'm on stage and I also feel like it's one of the only things I'm good at. So I'm like, yeah, this this is this feels like an obvious choice to me. It's hard to commit to it um because it's a hard industry to break into, obviously. Yeah. Um but I think um I got my start as like a like playing with bands when I lived in Boone and I went to App State. Um there's a really rich music scene in Boone. Um it's a very small town and it's it's sort of by itself. So like we're kind of a we ended up kind of being like a self-sustaining like industry and it it became just like the cool thing is to just go to a show and and like every bar has like a little stage and you know it's it's pretty small scale but um it's really fun and and so i started kind of like in the diy scene um is what they call it it's like usually more like alternative genres mm. are are like part of that um, and DIY just means do it yourself, right? So like just um, shows that are put together by the community, um, not by any like corporate entity or whatever it might might be. And it's interesting to see like living in the triangle now, like there's kind of a separation between like the band scene and like the like hip hop, rap, R&B scene, because uh-huh. you've got people who... Um, you know, they sing with a DJ or to a track or maybe they're just mostly like studio artists where they're putting out music but not playing a ton of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got people who are just playing shows for a living. That's basically what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I'm trying to actually cut down the amount of shows that I play in the area um, just to kind of like, you know, keep keep people wanting to come. If I'm playing all the time, then that's just too I'm like oversaturating the market, you know. Um, so I play a lot of solo gigs and that's that's what makes the money, um, you know, solo duo strip back stuff um, where I'm just like playing in a brewery. Um, 
But the most fulfilling ones are definitely the the full band shows where we're playing like almost all original music and we're playing with other bands who are doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. I love curating a bill and like bringing bands together that are like different enough to give everyone like a different taste of something, but also like similar enough to where like you have the right vibe going the whole night. Um, and so I, I really want to like bridge the gap between like I would love to have a bill where like my band plays and then like maybe like a rapper with a band plays and then I don't know, maybe Ooh. some other genre plays and like, you know, and everyone in the room can appreciate all three um, because I think it is kind of separate right now, at least at least in this area. Um, and I know that, like I mentioned, like some people are, you know, making music, putting out music all the time. They're in the studio all the time, but they're not performing as much. And sometimes that's just a matter of getting the musicians together. It can be expensive to like mm-hmm. play shows because um, really good musicians, they're going to charge you a couple hundred dollars each. Um, I try to make sure that my band gets paid, even if that means I don't get paid. Um, and I'm totally fine with that because I want to make sure that they're fed and happy and I just love them all and want them to keep playing with me. They're all so talented. Um, so that's like my priority with the band is whenever we play full band shows, I want to make sure everyone gets paid. And, um, cause I want my reputation to be that, you know, I take care of my fellow artists um, I'm actually doing a show tomorrow at Cat's Cradle Backroom um, <clears throat> where I'm doing like a pop-up shop along with the show. Um, I'm really trying to find some new ways to like curate bills like I was saying and and curate shows to where it's not just, you know, bands playing, but it's it's a lot of things. And I'm, I want to support local vendors and local artists and I want to support my friends who are coming in on tour from Chattanooga. Um, you know, as much of that as that I can do is what is what I want. And um I think, honestly, I feel like I've neglected the studio a little bit. I've been playing so many shows and we're always preparing for those shows. And, you know, when you have a three hour gig, you got to have a bunch of covers to play. And so and you want to be tight. You want to, you know, maybe make your live show a little bit different than what the track sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I've been focusing a lot on that the last few years. And I have original music, um, you know, almost two short albums worth at this point And. I'm working on one right now of music that I wrote a couple years ago, um, but it's it's kind of a long process. It's kind of sometimes difficult for me to like see the end for that, um, but I'm really enjoying the process right now. Um, I think I get a little in my head when I'm in the studio and I'm just like, it's hard to see like what the full picture is going to be at the end. And I'm like, this isn't sounding what I want, how I want it to. And then like, I kind of get in my head about that. And I'm like, Uh I don't know what to do to like make it sound the right way. And like I said, I want to produce all my own music and I want to bring all the ideas. And of course I um, ask my band what they think. And I'm like, what do you guys think this needs? And they're all playing on my music too. So they're adding their, their own textures to it. Um, But it's a, it's a long process in some ways, especially when you're um, recording music with all like real instruments. It's different when you're making beats, it's a little bit more streamlined you can make the beat and you can have the whole instrumental there for you to just sing on top of or rap on top of but when you have real instruments and um, I just had my friend track some strings for a song um, and so all that stuff just takes time for to arrange and to record and then to mix too because mixing real drums is very different um, and so yeah I've been focusing a lot on the live shows and I really love it um, but I'm trying to honestly scale back a little bit, do more of the stuff that can pay my bills, um, the solo gigs and stuff while I work in the studio and try to get music out because the goal is to start playing outside of North Carolina some more and play, um, 
you know, just play to bigger crowds and play with different bands that I, you know, that I love and respect and look up to. And um, so that's kind of the goal in the next year is to put this music out and then go play it for people. That's awesome. And you said you have a couple of albums worth of material out there, mm-hmm. right? How can they find that? Uh, they can't. <laughs> uh, you can find it like, you know, clips on my Instagram and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm working on right now is getting that music out. Um, I have one single out right now with a, and a remix to that to that single. Disrespectful? Um, uh, yeah, disappointed. Disappointed. Yes. Not disrespectful. Oh, oh, there's another song idea right there, though. Disrespectful. 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 <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the left lane journey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just named the EP. The left lane journey. First track. Disrespectful. There it is. Disappointed. Disrespectful. It's actually funny because my. Um, okay, I always forget about this one project that I did. That's all instrumental because it's kind of like um, I feel like people see it and they they play they they're seeing that I'm a singer, right? And they play this album and they're like, "When are the vocals coming in?" It's all instrumental. They're like, "Why does this vocalist have an instrumental album?" <laughs> you know? Like doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it was during the pandemic. I was actually like I started as a school project. Um, uh-huh. and basically it's a nine track collaborative. I called it a mixtape because I in- involved so many other people on it. Um, and it's all instrumental, kind of like had the, I was going for this like lo-fi hip hop kind uh-huh, of vibe, uh-huh. um, and so you know lo-fi beats to study to type type thing. Although some of them are a little bit weird and maybe a little too in your face to to be like chill necessarily, but um, but yeah, I put that out in 2020. Um, it was a really fun project, and it it let me get my feet wet because I at that point didn't have a ton of original material. So, and I was still trying to get, gain my confidence as a songwriter too, because, you know, playing an instrument, that's a skill. Singing is a skill. Writing songs is a whole separate skill too that you have to build up. And I didn't really start doing that till more recently. Like I've been singing and playing piano for a long time. So I have years and years and years of experience on that. But for songwriting, I only have like, you know, five, six years of experience doing that. And so um, I'm still practicing that and still getting, still getting better at that. And at that time, I didn't really have a lot of that, like of, lyrical material so Mm -hmm. I was like let's just make some instrumental stuff for fun and um at the time I was very inspired by you know the um stuff that was going on in our in the world with uh protests and things like that and I didn't know what I could do from you know little Boone North Carolina to to help with that other than just you know spread the word about it but I was like what else can I do how can I use my skills to hopefully benefit other people. And so um, all the money that I make from that album, um, I donate that to, um, initially it was the Minnesota Freedom Fund, I believe. Um, But basically just, I donate to places like that, um, given I haven't made a ton of money from it. But, um, you know, I hope that when I'm able to, and I'm hoping that if my career gets to a point where I'm making enough money, I would love to do more stuff like that and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, donate donate money and and raise awareness for things that I'm passionate about. Um, And so the goal with that was to get a really diverse group of of people on this project um, and really center um, people of color on it. And so that's primarily it's I mean, it's a mixed group of people on there. And I love that part about it. Um, And, you know, I've donated a little bit of money at least and hopefully tried to spread awareness through just like releasing that and letting people know that like this is why I did it. Cause I feel like that's all I could, that's all I could really do. Um, and then I have written a song about, you know, what was happening in 2020 also, um, that's going to be put out on my next project as well. Um, so yeah, I kind of forget about my, <laughs> my little mixtape that came out. 
um, since it doesn't have like words on it. But it is a, it is a cute little, you know, 30 minute, 25, mm-hmm. 30 minute album. Um, no, I enjoy it. I listened to yeah. it quite a few. Yeah, it's definitely a vibe. It's, Thank like, you. it's, it's funny you said that. He was like kind of hip hop lo fi. That's what it gave me, too. I'm like, this is a vibe. Okay, exactly cool. what Good. it gave me. I literally <laughs> thought about my daughter. I was like, I'm going to put my daughter on this so that when she's studying, doing homework. And the album art is fly. Yeah. What's the name of the album again? Oh yeah, I always forget to say that too. It's called Self Actualization. <laughs> Self Actualization. Which so. is which is like the meaning of that is um, there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which maybe you like learned about in school, but it's basically like a pyramid of like first you need this layer of things before you can get to this layer of things, mm-hmm. and it kind of starts with like basics like food, shelter, water, like being able to live as a human being, and then you can get to like uh, you know like your friendships and relationships with people. And then you can get to like, you know, um, furthering yourself in your career. And then the top of that pyramid is self-actualization. Now I am nowhere near to self-actualization, you know, like that, I feel like that takes a lot of, um, you know, reflection and a lot of grind and a lot of work and a lot of like taking care of yourself too. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why I felt so inspired just by that idea. Just like, you know, it's very hard to get to that place. Um, mm-hmm. It's not impossible. And it's also not linear. Like you might have times where, so you know, true. you you ha- ha- take a few steps back and then you take a couple steps forward. And so um, and so my next album, I think I'm going to call Self-Reflection because um, I actually have a song called Self-Reflection. That's just kind of about how it's that's an important part of, you know, growing up is to yeah. be self-aware and reflect on yourself and know like when you're doing something wrong and like know how to apologize to people and know how to treat people with kindness, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Gotcha. Gotcha. So self-actualization, another running joke. Them dishes ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Go ahead, pull out the Apple music, right? You gonna right. want to listen to why you were doing them dishes, actually? Yeah, for real, yeah, for real. Yeah, get like motivated. Yeah. yeah, get motivated. It, I mean, it it sounds really dope. It like is. you know, I, I was listening to it earlier. It's funny because when we went out for the breaking bread part, you know, mm-hmm. we kicking it with guests. For those who don't know, if you're a guest on the show, we take you out to lunch. We go out. We kind of get to know each other. And so when the Lord got in the car, she was like, "Hey, I know that song." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's yours." <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. So we're gonna move on to uh, our second segment of the show: two shots and one. So basically, you know, we're gonna give you a three questions to kind of let the people know a little bit more about you. So one of the things that was on my mind was, I know you say when you're doing a three hour set, you have to do a lot of covers. Mm -hmm. What song do you love to cover? Uh, We do um, Plastic Off the Sofa by Beyonce from her last album. It's really, really hard song to to sing, um, but I love the challenge. Can we get an excerpt? Um, the, The last part's like, but I like it, babe. Babe, yes, I like it, baby. I like it, I like it, I love it, baby. I love it, baby. Yeah, so <laughs> that's just a little bit of that song. Um, but it's really fun to sing and it's really fun to play. And um, we cover stuff like Stevie Wonder, we cover some Amy Winehouse, some Aretha Franklin. Um, Yeba, I love to give myself challenging things to sing um, because it really challenges me to expand my range a little bit. And um, I tell my students this um, a, a few years ago, I was playing in like a cover band when I was still living in Boone and we started covering Respect by Aretha Franklin and my voice would crack pretty much every time I sang it <laughs> because it was out of my range. It's a super high song. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just kept singing it and we kept practicing it and I kept trying to learn how to like control my voice when I went up there. And now I feel like I can sing it without, you know, 
without my voice cracking, I feel like I have control over it. So I like to just give myself stuff that I'm like not even able to sing at that time. And then and working eventually the getting to that it, point, yeah. you know, and yeah. sometimes, sometimes I eat shit in front of the crowd in, my <laughs> in front of a hundred people, it's part of the but you know, sometimes I, sometimes I, I have a, a joke where I'm like, um, if you guys hear my voice crack, no, you didn't. <laughs> Go ahead, put that on a t-shirt, <laughs> on a t-shirt. So Laura, I want to, I want to take a quick sidebar with Derek. Right? Did, did you hear that really? Yeah, I, I wanted her to finish I her did. thought because yeah. I, you know, she I went did. right to the room. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. she hit us with two hugs <clears throat> and got into it. It got into it. <laughs> I mean, won't no warm team. I was no amazed and envious at the I'm same sit, time. I'm sitting in here like, I, I thought I was at the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, we can't we can't afford it, so I can't. <laughs> I shoot, I can't either. You see, listen, you saw that whole imaginary story of me begging the police officer to get out here, like, right, right, right. Wow, that was amazing. Okay, it was amazing. so we're back. <laughs> but I wanted you to finish that thought. But that was sensational. You sounded great. Oh, thank you. Like I mean, unprovoked. Right. Just like, hey, can we get an answer? <laughs> got that posture right. right. I gave it to you. Right. I gave you two or three of them things. It, it won't even like, oh, I'm going to give you two seconds. Like, no, I'm going to give you a good, a good eight, nine seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little taste, yeah. yeah just a little bit. I can't give you the buffet, but I get a little plate. Right. Right. Yeah. Get you a little plate. Get you a little plate. <laughs> Come on in here. Get you a little sandwich. <laughs> so we are here with Alora Dash. Good people. It's the Breaking Bread Podcast. Lee and Eric. Derek, not Eric. But shout out to Eric. <laughs> but shout out to Eric. You can see what my mind is. I always think about my people. Shout out to Josh Nito. Zay, we the everybody. Just, All the sh- just man, listen. Shout out to the family for sure. Mm-hmm. Say one more time. Shout out to the family. Y'all know who y'all are. Yeah, you know who he is. <laughs> you know who he is. So we in the middle of two shots and one. So the second question that we want to ask is, what's your favorite venue to perform in in your mm. travels thus far? Uh, my favorite venue. I'm trying to think of like what my favorite show ever has been. Um, I think my favorite show was at. Uh, Shakori Hills Festival, which I was telling you guys about yeah. earlier. It's a grassroots festival out in a forest, and the vibes are just so good. Like everyone's just there to like listen to good music, and the lineup is always very diverse and talented. And um, it was just such a fun show, and and um, it was our first time playing, and they put us on for two for two sets, which was awesome. We played Friday night and Saturday night. So it was a great opportunity for us to be in front of a bunch of new people. And I have people come up to me and they're like, I saw you at Shakori like all the time. Like that's probably like where a lot of people in this area saw us perform. Um, And I just love that festival. Like I volunteered at it the year before. I want to volunteer again. I'm probably going to go at least one of the days um, this time around because it's just such a great festival. I tell everybody about it. I'm like, if you haven't been, you need to go to this festival. Uh, But talking about venues, I would say like at least in this area – I really like Poor House. Um, all the mm-hmm. people are there, very kind, and uh, you know they support local music. And I love going to shows there. I love seeing shows there. Um, I really like Cat's Cradle. Um, I work there sometimes. I bartend there, so um, that's like you know f- the family. Um, and then I'm trying to think of where else we've played at uh, Camp North End in Charlotte, which is a really nice like little outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say those are oh in Flatiron in Greensboro. I really like that venue. They have heard it. You guys got to check that place out because they bring some really great talent through there. Um, it's you know a, it's a small venue, um, but the sound is amazing. They have very talented sound engineers there, and they record stuff for you. And um, yeah, that, I, honestly, as far as North Carolina venues, I've felt um, Jeremy at Flatiron in Greensboro. 
is one of the best sound gen- engineers I've worked with in one of the best rooms in North Carolina. So that's fly. Yeah. That's like shout out to Jeremy. Shout, shout out to Jeremy. <laughs> shout out to Jeremy. He's killing it. <laughs> we love it. So for our last question on two shots and one, a little bit more of a thought exercise. What's the next challenge you're going to give yourself? I love the story you told about, you know, when I said, hey, what's your yeah. what, what cover do you? She's like, oh, yeah, plastic off the sofa. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, what all them rounds are now? Like, so I was trying to be cool about it. Hopefully my face didn't give it away. I was trying, like, yeah. Then I was like, can I get a piece? And she ran that off. Then she went to the respect. Right. And I'm like, yo, the range is there. So what's the next challenge for you? Hmm. I think my next challenge is taking some of these more difficult songs and using them as inspiration in my own music and like giving myself some challenging parts in my own songs. Cause I think it's kind of easy for me to play it safe when I write. Cause I'm just like, you know, humming to myself while I'm writing down lyrics and I'm not really thinking about creating vocal moments as much. And I would like to do more of that. And I'm, I'm trying to do more of that as we're kind of like playing some of these new songs live and come up with new runs and, um, you know, I don't know. I just uh, I just love seeing other people like put crazy vocal moments into their music, especially like smaller um, artists. Um, and, you know, you see on TikTok, I'm on singer TikTok. So like it's all just like run challenges, runs and riffs. <laughs> and like I love seeing smaller artists like, you know, really putting a focus on that. So um, I've been practicing a lot of that for a long time and trying to get really like have a lot of agility in my in my vocals and now I would like to kind of apply that to my own music. That is super fly. That's super fly. Cause like, you know, I love a good run, but you know mm-hmm. what else I love in my R and B music? Yeah. I like my R and B music to do through two things. If you ain't begging <laughs> I'm talking about big and I'm talking about Aaron Hall big and I'm talking about <laughs> screaming Gerald LaVert yes. laying on it. I uh-huh. love me some begging and R&B and I love me some junk talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, like, those two things. Those two things. Those two things and, the, and, and like you said, you, you very elegantly said vocal moments. And when you said that for Zology, I was like, that's exactly why. Like. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, you. so for example, like one of my favorite songs is um, – is a There You Go by Glenn Jones, right? So, like, it's very melodic and stuff like that. But then when that man get to that bridge. Okay. I yeah, yeah, like, like, there you go. Yeah, I can't yeah, sing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's very rhythmic and melodic. Mm-hmm. But when that man get to begging Derek, mm, the, the, the screaming <laughs> is going on. But it's in phase. It's tonal. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's how it's supposed right. to be. Right. But I'm just like, wow, I really enjoy that. And I got to think about, like, 90s. R&B, 90s. It was a lot of it. It were big grandstands. It makes and you feel almost, things, you know? It yeah. Makes it, you, it makes your heart jump a little bit. It, gets, you know? it does. It, it gets does. your attention. Everybody you, did have runs and, and begging. Let, running, yeah. running, we begging and stuff like that. Bending Knee is literally a begging song. The whole song. <laughs> <laughs> the whole song. Like the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, About five, was it four minutes? You remember that oh, song? Yeah, yeah. That's a begging song. Begging. <laughs> and then like, when, and then another thing I think about when it comes to like production and stuff like that, so like, one of my favorite musical eras is the '80s. I love, I, I love a good synth. Mm-hmm. Like uh, back when I was making, back when I was making beats, I was running, I was doing a lot of synths. And then you know, and I was heavily inspired by Kanye when he dropped Cops Dropout. And um, thinking about those songs from the '80s, I, I listen to a lot of like SOS Band and Alexander O'Neill and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Man, listen, if you really sit down and listen to "Just Be Good to Me" by the SOS, like, like don't. Don't get caught up in the, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, the pines all us mopping the floor at Mama House when this is coming on. Yeah. Just stop and listen to the band. Mm-hmm. Listen to the actual band, band yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The, the intonation. I mean, when I tell you those brothers and sisters were tight, mm-hmm. 
tight. And I'm I need like, a link to your uh, playlist. <laughs> and that's a, you know what? And that's a great way to break this. One of these days, we're going to do that. We're going to yeah. make it. We're going to collaborate with all of these wonderful artists, and we're going to build the Breaking Bread Podcast yep. playlist, and we're going to publish it. Yeah. Like because it's going to be about three, four of them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have we, yeah, we you gotta have, have flavors. your playlist for your taste of music and then one for your taste of music and, and then, then the all local, the artists you bring. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's yeah. a great idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Royalty checks on the way. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's I'm gonna right. see if I can fit all the jokes in this one sentence. Royalty checks on the way. Mm-hmm. We're gonna drive in the left lane and avoid the mosquitoes, and hopefully we don't get pulled over because we on the way back we'll talk to Beyonce. I think I got them all. I think we got them all. I think we got them all. I think Full we got circle. them all. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So good people, we are here with the Laura Dash. One more time, tell these people how they can find you. And support what you got going on. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Alora.wave, like the file. So W-A-V. Not MP3. No, not MP3. We got to have that high quality, you know. <laughs> got to. Um, my name is spelled E-L-O-R-A. My last name is Dash. If you Google that, you'll find me on all the on the platforms and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Flexing. Google me, baby. Google, and Google me. me. Yeah, not a lot of people it. named Alora Dash, so that makes it, that makes <laughs> it easier. You already won. We'll just leave yeah. that as a product. Yeah, right. people, people, people are like, is this your real name? Is this your stage name? I'm like, nope, it's my not name on my birth certificate and everything. That's my a, my parents cool. knew. They were like, she's going to be a rock star. We're going to give her a rock star. That's what I'm saying. Right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And that's an excellent segue into <laughs> our final segment the big money maker big positive energy so this is what we're gonna do so now alora you are the host of the breaking bread podcast so we're gonna turn this over to you derek and derek and i are gonna be the largest cheerleaders you've ever seen um talk about anything you're happy about proud of take a moment to celebrate your accomplishments reflection yeah reflection right oh here's my self-reflection moment here you go go. like so so whatever you want, it's your show. If you feel like you want to bust out another Beyonce run, we are not mad at you. Good people, we are here with Alora. It's big positive energy. BPE, it is up. Alora, the floor is yours. Tell us about what you want us to hear. I feel very proud to be an Indian American woman who does R&B and soul music. I feel like I don't see a lot of people that look like me doing this kind of music. Um, and we were kind of talking about this earlier. I feel like um, a lot of Indian immigrants there, they can be kind of strict on their kids. And, and it's because they love them and want them to, you know, have financial stability in their lives. And that's the reason why they immigrated here, you know, um, because they had big dreams and they and they they want to make that money, you know. And I totally understand that music maybe isn't the best route to go if you're trying to make a lot of money. It's like you can make a lot of money. Or you can make not a lot of money. There's not a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like um, it's it's kind of risky, and it's I feel like there may be people in my community who don't fully understand it, and like don't understand how I could commit to something where I don't like know the future of my financial, um, you know, uh, comfortability. I guess, but I think it's just something. I, like I said, I love being on stage. I love it more than anything else. I think it's what I'm best at. I feel like I was like put on the earth to do it, um, to be involved in music because I've tried a lot of different things and this has just been my favorite. Um, and I really want to inspire other Asian kids to pursue music, whether that's, you know, making beats, whether that's being a singer, whether that's playing classical music, whether that's, you know, excuse me, I just burped. Um, <laughs> whether that's, you know, playing gigs um, full time or just doing it sometimes for fun, maybe just doing it at home and and just enjoying it. Um, whatever that may be, I want other 
um, Asian kids to feel like that's that anything's a possibility for them, you know? And I want other people mm -hmm. in my community to understand that it's possible for us to be a part of maybe these communities where you don't see a lot of us there yet. Um, but, you know, I, I feel very welcomed by my community. I love being surrounded by this very diverse community we have in North Carolina of all the R&B and soul and hip hop and rap and all that stuff. Yes, all the, it's a hotbed. Yes, there's so much talent here. And there's so much diversity. And I'm just very proud to like, and also just even outside of, um, you know, being Asian, just being a woman, um, I hope to inspire other women to do the same thing. Because it can be intimidating to be a woman and, and it's mostly guys that you're surrounded by. Um, but I just try to carry myself in a way that's like, I don't know, I kind of just feel like a guy personally sometimes. Um, I don't really even think about that I'm like the only girl in the room. Um, and I hope I can like encourage other people to kind of feel that way, like have that confidence about them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've dealt with people being sexist towards me and having doubts about me, you know, and not like being surprised that I like know my shit, even though I'm a woman. Um, and it's going to happen. But, you know, I just brush that off. And like I said, nothing's going to stop me from doing this because this is what I love to do. And mm. I feel like I was put on this earth to do it. Powerful. Love it. Absolutely powerful. We love it. Good people. Listen. Again, I'm going to give y'all some some instructions for today. <laughs> All right. So before we close out Great. the show, the first thing I, the first thing I need y'all to do, go ahead, go to the Instagram. Not do not I'm, this, this is not what I'm saying. Hey guys, go to this. I'm, no, go ahead. <laughs> Selma coming out now. Go ahead, go on to the Instagram. <laughs> A lower dot wave, not the file. Like the file. Wave, high quality, not MP3. So you're going to follow it. That's the first thing you're going to do. Then you're going to run over to that Apple Music, Spotify, whatever flavor choice. Then you're going to Run this self-actualization while you're doing the dishes or vacuuming or whatever, you know, we're doing at this moment in time where you're enjoying the Breaking Bread podcast. Wonderful talent, immense live shows everywhere. Um, she's going back into the studio. I'm telling you, you want to get in while the price is good. I'm saying <laughs> it a lot. You better, hey. The tickets aren't going to be $15 forever. That's I'll what I'm that. saying. You better, right. you better, you better <laughs> get in while the price is good. You better get in while because me and Dad, we're going to be backstage. When she gets the Grammy, I'm going to be like, hey. That's my girl. Right. That's, right. That's my girl. You know what I mean? Not the guy in the car was like, oh, I know that's all. Like, yeah. we yeah. Are so, going, we going in the left lane right now. We might bring you to the after party. Right, we might bring the after party. Exactly. Exactly. We got to get to the tarmac. Sir, why are you asking us all these questions? <laughs> so get in while the price good, good people. Listen, thank you guys so much for spending a little bit of your time, your lifespan with us. We appreciate each and every one. We heart every like. We heart every follow. Yeah, appreciate we, it. We appreciate y'all. Sure. You know, and, I, and we want to sit down and say this for a moment because we talk about this off camera all the time. But mm -hmm. but you know, Derek and I really want to send out our heart, our heartfelt appreciation to first of all all our lovely guests. Yes, if you've ever kicked it with us. We always have a good time. You know, we're, we're building a, a great community and we're just glad that you guys are spending time with us. So thank you for joining us, Lord. Number two, good people out there. Thank y'all for listening to us, man. Yeah, we really appreciate rocking, liking and subscribing. Remember, here's my favorite joke. It's about shapes, right? It's about shapes. Shapes. Get on YouTube, click the heart, then you click the bell. You need to do both shapes, hearts and bells. We need mm -hmm. both of them, right? Mm -hmm. And we appreciate you guys for doing that, man. Thank y'all so much for joining us on the Breaking Bread Podcast. Y'all be blessed. Have a good one. We out of here. But before we cut, can I get one more run? Mm -hmm. It's Breaking Bread Ooh. Podcast. Yeah. Mm.
That's all. That's all I got. We have. 